All right, I'm, I, I'm really excited. I can't contain how excited I am for this series. I think God gave me a cold so that I would just calm down a bit. But I'm, I've been anticipating this sermon series uh, for about an entire year. Like I, I in the summer, felt um, as I was praying for us as your pastor, what, Holy Spirit, where do we need to go as a church? Where do we need to grow as a church? And, and spiritual disciplines was one of the first things God put on my heart. But in connection uh, to the disciplines was a sermon series on the spiritual gifts. And I knew that before we did that, we needed to anchor ourselves in a book that talked about how to love one another. And so we were in 1 John, so we did Disciplines, 1 John, and now we're kicking off a sermon series called Spiritual Gifts. So we're gonna be for 12 weeks unpacking the spiritual gifts. We're gonna look at 21 gifts. We're gonna look at exegetically uh, the first uh, three, well, not the first, uh, three chapters of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14. Okay, so... You know, you're all, you're all charismatics, just so you know. Just so you know, you're like, okay, he is excited. I'm glad he has a cold. Um, uh, anyway, so what we're going to do this morning is, is this is an intro. So we have 12 weeks together. So my hope, especially if you're a new or a guest, is that you go, you know what, this is really interesting. I'm going to stick around for these at least few weeks to hear about the spiritual gifts. Um, but as an introduction to this series, we need to ask, uh, get on the same page, make sure we're all kind of saying the same things before we jump into this series. Uh, we're going to ask these three questions. So here they are. Uh, why spiritual gifts? Like why? Why are we doing this series? Yeah, maybe, you know, you wanted to do it in the summer and you really felt like God was leading us there, but that's a good reason. Um, but why? Why spiritual gifts? Why now? Uh, number two, just what are spiritual gifts? So we want to know in the first week as an introduction, especially if you're new to the Bible, uh, maybe you came over on, on Christmas Eve and this is all kind of new. This will be even more new for you. But what are spiritual gifts? And then you're probably all wondering like, okay, uh, what, what is this going to look like? Like, what's, what's, what's this, is this going to be any different? Because um, I don't even know. You said there's 21 gifts. I could maybe name six um, but what, what is this going to look like, James? What's our hope as a church as a result of this series? Okay, so that's what I want to do this morning. That's all we're going to do this morning. And then next week, we're going to uh, kick off the actual text of 1 Corinthians 12 and so on. So yeah, good, good. Let me pray because we'll need the Holy Spirit to help me teach this, teach. Okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you invented and crafted and um, chose to give spiritual power by the way of your spirit through us in order that we would grow spiritually, powerfully, supernaturally stronger in our faith, in you, in our character, in our Christ-likeness to be built up. And, and Lord, I, I, I know this isn't going to be new for a lot of people, and I know this isn't new for us as a ministry, that we, we are a church that is operating and using and uh, immersing ourselves in spiritual gifts. But I just want to pray that as we uh, begin this series, and that over the next few weeks, that Holy Spirit, you would reveal, that you would show us, that you would so stir, and if it's your will to give new gifts, I pray that we would see the spiritual gifts that you've given us, and that we would be excited, and that we would be informed biblically, 
And uh, Holy Spirit, that we would grow stronger as a community because of these spiritual gifts. And I pray through this cold, I pray you'd help me teach and and, and I pray we'd encounter God. I just, I pray for that, God. I just, I pray this wouldn't be an information morning where we sang some songs and learned, but I pray that we would, we would encounter you. We would really find you doing something in us by the way of your spirit so that our week is different and our lives are a little more different and we would love and look at each other a lot differently and a little more excited about the energy of the Holy Spirit in us. And I pray for your grace. I pray for the skeptic in this room. I pray for the, the, the person who's been burned by someone who so-called had a spiritual gift that really hurt them. I just, I pray for all of us. I pray you would help teach us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. So you're coughing. I'll cough too. Okay. So number one. Why spiritual gifts? <coughs> Excuse me. Why spiritual gifts? Why now? Okay, well, let me just say this. As a pastor, uh, I am passionate and, and I labor uh, really like, and I can say this with great sincerity, like I labor midweek for you as the church, as all of us to love Christ more. Like I like that's in my being. Like I desire that you would love Christ more, that you would follow Christ, that your joy would sincerely be a real joy in God. And that would be so real in your life that it would follow you in how you lived your life. Like that's my passion as a pastor. And so um, I'm just going to share you a verse from 2 Corinthians. Paul says this, not that we lord it over your faith, (coughs) but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. And I can sincerely say that's one of my existing passions is your joy in God. Like I, I want your Christian life to be uh, the life that Jesus said he came to give. He's, Jesus himself said, I've come that they may have joy, that they may have life and life to the full. And so one of the things I've been praying about in this, in this series as I've been studying spiritual gifts is the power to experience profound joy in God if that's my passion and that's my passion for you, comes by the means of spiritual gifts. Like as I've been studying this, a few things have just been um, hitting me over and over and over. Number one, how, how filled the New Testament is with spiritual gifts. I mean, it's in every letter you read it uh, throughout the book of Acts. It's almost on every page in Acts. Like Paul couldn't imagine a church, a local church without just an exuberance of spiritual gifts. And so spiritual gifts that give profound joy. And so the tagline of this series is experiencing profound joy. That's what I'm after. And let me be really clear, a joy in God, like a joy in seeing God and getting more of him and worshiping more of him because that's the purpose of your life. And spiritual gifts are the power and the way you will experience that profound joy because if the spiritual gifts are the spirit giving you that joy, that joy in God, then that's my passion for you. So that's, that's one reason why. Why spiritual gifts? Because um, they're God's design on us getting more of him. The way you'll get more, experience more of God will be experiencing your gifts. Are you with me on that? Yes. Woo! Good. Number, let let me just give you a few passages because you should test everything I say and 
and be like, show me in the Bible. So let's, let's start uh, next week, like I said, and for the coming weeks, we're doing 1 Corinthians 12 to 14, but here's, what, uh, here's another reason why. Spiritual gifts, okay? Uh, verse seven of 1 Corinthians 12 says this. To each, so that's every man and every woman, young and old, if you believe in Christ and you've been given new hearts and new desires for God and you're, you're a believer, you're a follower of Jesus, the Bible says to each is given the manifestation of the spirit. For what purpose? The common good. Okay, Romans 12. So Romans 12, by the way, is, is like this crescendo chapter where Paul just explains all of the gospel and it's glorious the way Jesus died for our sin. He rose again to defeat Satan's sin and death. And then you have like, like Paul going like, this is not just for the Jews Messiah, that it's now for the whole world. And you have this Romans 12 is like, you are therefore now like, like um, you know, he's like, I present yourselves by the mercies of God as living sacrifices. And then right after he's got a whole section on spiritual gifts. He's like, you have the whole Holy Spirit. He's like, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And then in Romans, Romans 12, you have gifts. Because let me give you another verse. Verse six, having gifts. He's talking to the whole church. Everyone who's got the Holy Spirit in them, who the gospel is applied to them, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then in Ephesians 4, Again, after a, a huge explanation of the gospel, he goes right into spiritual gifts. He says, By, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives <coughs> and he gave gifts to mankind. Peter, so one of Jesus' really close disciples. So this is not just Paul. You're like, oh, that's Paul. I don't know who says that, but if you, if, if you did. Peter, Peter says this, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers the multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then look, look at verse 10. As, what's our next word? Each, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then he goes on and unpacks a few of the spiritual gifts. Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven to give these gifts that, that Paul just said he did in Ephesians 4, he tells his disciples, it's like the last thing he says in Acts. He says in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power. You'll receive power. You don't have power yet and you'll receive it when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You'll receive power to accomplish the supernatural work only God can do. And uh, so one of the most important reasons as to why spiritual gifts, why 12 weeks on spiritual gifts and and one of the first things I want to say in this introduction sermon is, is why is, is number one, you have the manifestation of the spirit. Like it just said to each is given the manifestation for the common good. Here's why you have spiritual gifts. If you're, if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit's in you, you have spiritual gifts. You have received a gift 
to be a steward of his divine energy working through you to serve the body of Christ. That's a good reason to meet spiritual needs, supernatural needs of one another to build up. That just is. So if you're a believer in here, it just is that, that the power in every Christian, you have power in you for every Christian. You, you, you've been given gifts sovereignly by God for this time in this history, for this local church. So I wanna study what's ours. I want, I, want us, I want us to go, okay, like I've been given this to steward and am I doing that? Like, are we as a church? Like, cause we'll be responsible before God on how, according to like, um, you know, Matthew 25, like, I mean, we're gonna stand before God, like with the talents, how did we use our gifts? How did we use our resources? Will we be faithful in it? And so everyone has at least one or two gifts, but uh, we're gonna look at 21, but here's the taste. Some gifts are the ability to communicate truth with power, like evangelism and teaching. Some gifts are the ability to love with incredible power, bear people's burdens. So you have gifts of encouragement and of mercy and of service and of helps and administration. Some gifts are given to give direction, uh, discernment. So you have leadership gifts, uh, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Some spiritual gifts have uh, more magnitude in their appearance, uh, like speaking in tongues, prophecy, messages are for a moment, for a certain time and people and person, uh, healing when you're wounded. Spiritual gifts, they, they exist to encourage us when we're downcast, they challenge us when we're lagging, or they correct us when we're going astray, they love us when we're being rejected, they bring the ever-present electricity of God's love into your soul. It's exciting, it's wonderful. So why spiritual gifts? Why now? Well, let me just say this, we're already seeing and you, you know this because this is your church, um, profound joy and power of being built up as, as a body. Like, like what I'm trying to say is we're already operating in the gifts. Like we, we already have people giving words of prophecy in community groups to build people up. We have an intercession team praying right now. I mean, like we have um, like, like gifts of administration and mercy and helps all living throughout this body of Christ. We have gifts of teaching, discernment, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I see it in our community group all the time. I've seen healing here in this lobby twice, one over here. Like we have gifts that are happening in the body. Like the Holy Spirit is in this church. And so we have an obligation to go, okay, God, are we using them together? Because we have an opportunity as a church to build up one another with greater power as we experience spiritual gifts, right? I mean, it's biblical that we use them. So that's another reason connected to that. Here's a verse I want you to sit in, that, that we should sit in together, okay? So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, verse one. Here's what he writes. It'll be on the screen. Pursue love. Pursue is a verb, it's a command. Like go after like loving, be, be a kind of loving woman of God, be a kind of loving teenager of God, be a loving parent of God, be loving, pursue love. And then he says this, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. He says, earnestly desire. 
That, that word earnestly, it means to be zealous, to be marked by active interest, passion, enthusiasm from the heart of spiritual gifts. So let me ask, let me ask you as, as a member of the short church, like, are you obeying that? Like, are you obeying this passage? Are you going, I'm gonna earnestly desire spiritual gifts? Because the Bible says we should. I mean, he's telling a church that really needs correction, really needs to love one another. You just don't make sure you're desiring spiritual gifts. Is, is Is that what, you know, like someone calls you on Wednesday in the morning, like, hey, what are you doing today? I'm just, I'm really earnestly desiring spiritual gifts. What? Yeah, I just, you know, James preached on it, so now I got to. But, but do you? Let me ask you this. Do you know what they are? Do you know what yours are? Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? And how you can use them to bring greater unity and spiritual growth in one of their lives? Are, are, you, are you in communion with the Holy Spirit where you can tell, okay, he wants to use this spiritual gift in this moment to build up this person? Do you come into meetings? Do you come into this on a Sunday morning going, Holy Spirit, show me where I can use this spiritual gift that I know that I have to build up someone? Is that how we breathe? Is that how we think? Are we in a community group where like, where I know if someone needs something, they need maybe like a words of wisdom in that moment and someone else has that spiritual gift. And I, I know that instead of me talking, I go, hey, uh, Susie, can you, can you just pray for them? Like, do we have that? Do we think like that? Are we a body of believers who go, I need you because you have this spiritual gift that we need to build each other up. Is that how we breathe? You're like, I don't. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12, verse one, the first verse we're gonna look at says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, so the whole church, Look at what he says next. I do not want you to be uninformed. So that's why this gift, why this series. We've taught through books of the Bible. If you've been around since we've been West Side North Shore, about seven years, we've taught through like Romans and Genesis and, and uh, we've done a short three-week series on spiritual gifts, but this is one I felt like God was saying, you need to do this. We need a common script. We need to know what we're talking about. We need, we need this. And so... So let me, let me uh, give you a quick story. So in September in our community group, I'm just gonna throw our community group under the bus. Um, that's okay, they're always the ones that walk out, so it's fine. Um, but uh, in our community group in September, uh, we were talking about like, how are we gonna love each other like family? So one of the things we always wanna say is that like the church is not like a, an event, but we're like a family. We're like a family of missionaries that wanna do Jesus' mission together, we wanna to grow, we wanna build friendships, and we wanna grow spiritually, we wanna grow deeper. And so I remember I, in September, in one of the groups, I said something like, hey, I want you all to feel safe and open to ex- exercise your spiritual gifts here. And literally, it's just like this. Yeah, like, you know, like, like if, if one of you has the gift of prophecy and you want to pray for someone and you know that God's giving you something for someone, I want you to have the freedom and the space to do that here. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. And, and then I was like, you know what? Can I just, ask? and I asked them, I was like, can I ask you guys a question? Um, do, you, you, do you have, you know you have spiritual gifts, right? And they were like, yes, yeah, yeah. 
And I said, you know that the Holy Spirit is, is in you. Like he sealed you, like you're God's. Like you cannot be unforgiven because on the cross, when Jesus died in our place, he paid for every sin. And when he rose again, he, he showed us that death was paid. And then that now you're sealed. Like the Holy Spirit is God's evident that you're fully forgiven, accepted, adopted, you're his. Do you believe that? And they're like, yes. And I was like, do you believe that you have gifts in you for this purpose to build up this for this time? Like we need one each other. Everyone's like, yes. And I was like, how many of you know what your spiritual gifts are? No one. One or two, and they were like, maybe. I did a test in, in college and career. And, and I just, I knew it. I was affirmed because I knew we were going that we, 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 he says, Paul says, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed or unaware. Um, so that's another reason why. Okay. Good. You guys are with me? Yeah, still on the same point, first point. Um, here's another reason why we need to do this. We're a local church. And so, you know, um, we believe that we belong to one another, that, that we exist for one another in this room to see each other kind of grow and, and, and become like a family, okay? So with that, um, we, what we need is common script. Like we need a unified vocabulary and not just a vocabulary on what we mean when we talk about spiritual gifts, but, but um, what, what we're saying, we're all saying it's the same thing. Cause I guess I'm saying the same thing, but we need a common script. We need to know our vocabulary and a meaning. So let me give you a quick illustration. Um, this happens to me and I borrow this illustration, but it happens to me quite a bit. Um, so I'll preach a sermon and uh, like a bap, you know, like someone who grew up Baptist, you know, whereas like Father, Son, and Holy Bible, uh, they'll come up to me, like good Baptist, loves their Bible, and they'll say something like this to me after the sermon. They'll be like, James, it's a good word, bro. Good word. And I'll say, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, someone else who's kind of grown up a little more charismatic um, will come up to me and be like, ooh. Brother, I saw fire. I saw fire anointed. It's like you followed me all week. Okay? They saw fire. Both of them are saying the exact same thing. They're both experiencing the same spiritual gift, but they're using different language for that depending on their upbringing. So we need a common script. So if we're gonna do body life together, we need to know what we mean by these spiritual gifts. We're gonna look at 21 gifts in the next five weeks um, before we move on to chapter 13 and 14. And we need to know what we mean by what we're saying if we're gonna do community and building up together, okay? Uh, Good. Now, here's why else we need a common script. I know in this room, um, there are some fears or hesitations to this. Like I know there's about a third of you who've come in here from, uh, like I just mentioned, more of the charismatic background and, and God used that and it was healthy in your faith and it, maybe you came a believer in that kind of church. And sadly though, because of uh, often through, poor leadership and fascination with certain gifts and certain people in positions who have these gifts, you have, um, you've been spiritually abused. 
And so you're in here and you're, you love Jesus and you love his word and you have these gifts and you want to use them in a way that's healthy, but you're, you're hesitant. You know, you're sensitive. It, it began to feel safe for you at the shore. Um, you, you're sensitive to the abuse of gifts because you've seen that and you've seen the misuse of gifts and you've seen the pride that can happen in spiritual gifts and the st- all the stuff that, that Paul is gonna address in 1 Corinthians 12. Others of you, another reason we need a common script is others of you are here and you're more like me, um, and I borrowed this language, but you're more like charismatic with a seatbelt, you know what I'm saying? Where you grew up um, and, and you uphold to the inerrancy of scripture and the Bible is the ultimate and, uh, and highest authority of where God speaks, but somewhere, you kind of remember you being taught in a Sunday school class that the gifts have seized with the apostles' death and that the, some of the power gifts have seized, but there's other spiritual gifts, but the you know gifts like prophecy and, and tongues, they've all seized. That was for the beginning of the church. You vaguely remember that. However, you've had experiences where you've, you've, you've had, you've seen profound healing, for example, or you've seen someone encouraged where like, this person next to you that you love started praying for another person and, and they started praying scriptures that, that this person had no idea they were going through that and they needed to hear those texts and that person started weeping. You're like, how did you know I was going through this? Where you, you've seen some of those experiences and, 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 and you studied, you've done your Bible reading and you, you see the evidences that the gifts continue, but, you, but instead of pressing in, you linger on the outside. You know, you linger on the outside. One time maybe, you don't tell anyone about this, but one time you spoke in tongues for like a minute and you were like, mm, no, that's not for me. But, but you, you haven't told anyone. It's been like a few years and um, you're cautious. So you're open, but you're cautious because, and here's why you're cautious. You're, you, are, you don't want emotionalism. You don't like emotionalism, and perhaps you don't want the fear of rejection by those who you know, believe the gifts are not alive today, and, and if you're honest, some of the gifts are weird, right? You're, you're hesitant, you're like, James, like, when we get to prophecy, are you gonna have people come up here and share a word of prophecy? Like, is this where we're going? Or how do you know, let me ask you this, how do you know you have the spiritual gift of interpretation of tongues? unless no one ever publicly speaks in tongues. So you're, you're, you're thinking right now like, okay, charisma. Now, then there's a few of you, a few of you, and you've, you've had a pit in your stomach since I've started. You, you're like, you know, you've been thinking, I, I came to the shore church because I left a church that was like that where everyone hears from God and, and, and it's unorderly, and, I, and I've studied the gifts, and I don't think they're alive today, and I have great Bible for that. Let me say a few things. If that's you, my ask is that you would just study it with us. And before you allow any more frustrations, my ask is that you would have coffee with me. Have coffee with me. I went to Moody Bible Institute, a school that taught that the gifts no longer exist. And I, w- I wanna sit down with you and just hear your heart. 
But if that's you, let me say, let me say this. I'm with you with your hesitations and cautions. Like we're meeting as elders next Sunday. I've met with Josh and a few other pastors. There's a lot of heretical stuff out there in regards to some very hyper charismatic movements. But I want you to know and be comforted that Paul addresses that stuff and we will too. Like we will too. And I don't think a lot of what's out there is biblical. And the critics like John MacArthur and others are right about the blasphemy and dangers of dishonoring Christ. So I would agree, but here's what I know. Okay, so come back with me. Here's what I know. It's stunning how in the Bible, especially in 1 Corinthians, to a church that has been selfishly abusing and obsessing over gifts, getting drunk on communion, meddling with idols and all kinds of sexual morality, Paul doesn't say stop. He doesn't say stop, you're all wrong. Don't seek these more power-based gifts. You guys are all jacked up, stop it. He doesn't. In fact, he says in 1 Corinthians 1, the one that we sat in, he says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And then he says, especially that you may prophesy. So Paul doesn't say, okay, spiritual gifts are what's getting you in this trouble in the first place. Let's just cool it. Why? Why? Because, sure, church, the problem was not spiritual gifts. The problem was immaturity and unspiritual people which is why chapter 13 is a whole chapter on love. We teach it all the time at weddings. So my ask is that you would allow the word of God, wherever camp you were in that I mentioned, to reshape your heart towards God's gifts because suppression of spiritual zeal is never the answer. Let me say it a few times. The solution to abuse is not disuse, it's proper use. The solution to abusing gifts is not to disuse them, but to properly use them. And this is what Paul's gonna correct. But I wanna be clear on the front end, the shore, at the Shore Church, we believe that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit at work in the first century church are available today are vital for the mission of the church and are to be earnestly desired and practiced. That's our conviction. We'll have lots of coffees if that's not your conviction, but that's our conviction. So that's why spiritual gifts, why now? And, and, I'm, and I hope you're excited because here's why. Here, you, you will be. When you begin to see what they are and why they are and whose they are, you're gonna be excited. Okay, so let's get to it. What are spiritual gifts? So that's why spiritual gifts, why now? What are spiritual gifts? Okay, before we start, and we get into any Greek words and passages, which we're about to, because I wanna show you from the word, um, let me just, I think it'd be helpful to differ, differentiate between uh, natural gifts, acquired gifts, and spiritual gifts, okay? Uh, so what are natural gifts? Well, we all know this, right? The natural gifts are natural abilities, talents, um, given by God through creation, they're innate. 
Uh, they're, they're from birth. They can be developed over time. These are natural gifts, okay? To use myself as an example, like physical physique is just a natural weightlifting is a gift that I got. You can ask my, my coach. So, uh, you know, things like a good memory, math, uh, talents, like, you know, athletic powers. These are music talents, creativity, thinking, personality types. That's a natural gifts that God gave you. You can never use them or use them poorly, but they're components of your unique creation. Then there's uh, acquired gifts. So these are skills and abilities that you develop through training and exercising and proficiencies and competencies developed over time. You know, so if you take like, like Ashley or Caleb, for example, on piano who are gifted with music abilities and then they apply themselves for decades and, and they're, they're brilliant. Now I begin here because here's what's common. When I ask people, hey, what's your spiritual gift? Most commonly they respond to me with their natural gifts or their acquired gifts. Which isn't wrong. I mean, I think it's good and God wants us to apply how he's wired us to the ministry and life that we live. But then they wonder, well, how come there's no power in my life? So what are spiritual gifts? I'm gonna give you four Greek words the Bible uses throughout the New Testament to get our definition when referring to spiritual gifts. So the first word is the word uh, charisma. Charisma, um, this refers to the gracious work of God or something God's grace has bestowed. Uh, it's, where we get our, it's where we get our word charismatic. Um, eternal life, for example, is, is called a charisma. In Romans 6.23, Paul says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, which is charisma, the free grace, it's a gift, grace, of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse four, he uses this word. He says, now there are varieties of charisma, gifts, freely given by God. He says, but the same spirit. Okay, second word in reference to spiritual gifts is the word, uh, I can't, you know, I'm not a great expert, so I'm just gonna say it the way I think it sounds. Uh, a pneumaticon, meaning spiritual, spiritual things, uh, derivative of the third person of the Trinity. So 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, it's that word there is used. So if you put these together, we learn all gifts are charismatic from God, but they all have spiritual pneuma, ghost, power in them. So you need to make sure, and we will continually talk that, that just as tongues and healings and miracles have the same pneumaticon as helping, serving, and giving. They're all from the spirit. They're all powerful. They're all supernatural. They're all spiritual things of the divine, divine energy. Third word is diakonai. So if charisma points to the origin of spiritual gifts, diakonai translates uh, ministries or servant or like deacon, where we get the word deacon from. It points to their purpose. And, and we will hit this with like a few like Kenny Griffey home runs next week. Kenny Griffey, 
I don't know sports. Um, and that's like a decade ago. It's like an old like Super Nintendo game. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. That was it. Uh, you know, I have a cold. Okay. Um, all spiritual. Oh yeah, decide this. We're gonna hit home runs. So the purpose of gifts we're gonna hit next week, but I'll mention it here um, is for the common good. Its purpose is to serve and help the needs of others. So if you want to see your gifts come alive, you need to love someone in the church. You want, to, you want to see them grow spiritually. You want to be the kind of person who's communing with the Father to go, Father, is there, is there someone I can pray for, heal, give a word to? Is there someone I can serve, be administrative for? Like this, you're using gifts for other people. And so First uh, Peter says this, as each has received a gift, use it to diaconize, serve. One another is good stewards of God's varied grace. So the, the gifts are not separate from this word. He says, whoever speaks is the one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is the one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So spiritual gifts are about glorifying God by meeting needs. They're not for us. They flow through us. God uses them in that we get and we experience profound joy, of course, but at root, spiritual gifts are less a privilege than they are a responsibility. Like you have gifts for someone else. You've been given gifts for others. And you need to ask the Holy Spirit in, your, in every community group setting and every time you meet, how are my gifts for this person and are, do you want me to use them? Fourth word is an energima. I can't say it. Energima. You know, Josh, you're better at this whole Greek stuff. Um, verse six, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all. The NIV translates it working or affects it. So it's, this is the word that you can see. It speaks to power or energy. So think about this. If this is true, Paul is saying all spiritual gifts, and you have at least one, are the effect or fruit or product of divine power energized by the spirit in and through the believer, which means they are the only ongoing place of guaranteed power. So if you put these together with me, here's what we discover, all spiritual gifts Charismata are acts of service, diaconi, which are produced, energema, through us by the triune God, pneuma. So here's a few definitions that I found helpful that might help us. Um, here's the first one. We may define a spiritual gift. I'll see if you have it up here. Next one. Okay. As a God-given and therefore gracious capacity to serve the body of Christ. It is a divinely empowered or spiritually energized potential to minister to Christians, the body of Christ, by communicating the knowledge, power, and love of Jesus. So Jesus used all spiritual gifts, and when we have the spiritual gifts, we're going to look like Jesus. We're going to show Jesus' love with great power. We're going to have great words like Jesus taught, or we're going to have... Miracles and signs, like Jesus cast out demons, he healed the sick. 
Here's another one. Spiritual gifts are endowments or special skills given by God that enable us to make our unique contribution. They are not natural talents, but divine abilities that enable us to do ministry. Here's another one. They're God-given qualities or proficiencies given for spiritual ministry, empowered by the spirit, which can be developed over time. It's interesting that Paul tells Timothy to, to not neglect the gift that you have when the elders prophesied, used a different spiritual gift over you, gave you this gift of teaching. He says, like, immerse yourself in it so they can be practiced and developed over time. So let me say it this way, spiritual gifts are nothing less than God himself in us, energizing our souls. Oh, that's exciting. Imparting revelation to our minds, infusing power in our wills and working his sovereign and gracious purposes through us. They are God present in, with, and through human thoughts, human deeds, human words, human love, The church is, think about it from this perspective, Jesus, his body, and he loves it. And Ephesians 5 says that he's gonna nourish and cherish and take care of us, the church. And how is he gonna do that? By giving us his spiritual power. Because we can't be built up into Christ apart from Christ. Right? We're all on the same page. Yeah. That's what this looks. Okay? That's the same page look. Um, okay, so you might be thinking, so, well, you know, actually, I don't know what you're thinking, but maybe some of you are thinking, James, I'm in, let's go. Let's go. What are the gifts? Let's tell me the gifts. We can't. Here's, what we, here's why we can't. We can't until until a few things have to happen. Number one, we have to have in our hearts and our minds and in our lives, all that the Holy Spirit is producing in us, meaning alongside spiritual gifts have to come spiritual fruit that comes and flows from spiritual disciplines. Let me say it a different way. Spiritual gifts are meant to complement spiritual disciplines and be motivated by spiritual fruit. We can't have spiritual gifts if they're not motivated with spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control that flow from a communion with the Father through the spiritual disciplines. It's, it's incredible in the leading of us as a body of Christ that we began with spiritual disciplines. But let me show you this. Galatians 5 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, generous, and self-control. So, so short church, please, before we can get excited about experiencing spiritual gifts, we ought to be producing spiritual character needed to love one another. To say another way, we're not all going to have 21 gifts, but we're all called to have all of the fruit of the Spirit. Spiritual fruit, the character that flows from communion with God, will be the fuel that leads you to actually use your spiritual gifts biblically and correctly. Because spiritual gifts are not a formula. 
Listen, listen you have, this has to be clear to us. Spiritual gifts is not a formula. It's not something we turn on in the sense. Spiritual gifts is loving people with supernatural power as we connect the dots to see what kind of gift we have been given and if God the Holy Spirit wants to use that gift in a certain time. Meaning you need a, a, a vibrant, real prayer life with God. If your walk with God does not consist where you hear from him and where you can commune with him, where, you are, where you're walking in and you're praying and you're asking God, okay, Holy Spirit, how can I love this person? And they will help you and show you. And you're having a relationship with God in the disciplines. You, you won't be able to experience the gifts. So this is gonna be a little uh, risky for you, but I need to ask you to ask God, the Holy Spirit, a few questions this morning. Because if you remember, I mean, think about this, actually, before I get there, think about how Jesus lived his life. Did Jesus cast out every demon? Probably not. Did Jesus heal every single person? No. Did Jesus teach at every place he went to? No. How did, how did he know how to do all that? He spent time with the Father. He had the spiritual disciplines. He, had, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He had the character of Christ. And so he would, he, would, he would walk into villages and he would ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit or Father, what do you want to do through this time? Do I need to heal him? Am I casting out that demon? Nope, not. He, he was led by, filled by, had, had his life marinated in the word of God. He was just living a biblical life. He was living the spirit-filled life. And so if you're already living this disciplined, spirit-filled life, be excited because God, the Holy Spirit wants to continue to use and show you those spiritual gifts. But my ask for you is this today. If you've never had that kind of relationship with God, I want you to encourage, I wanna encourage you to begin asking God lots of questions. Beginning today with God, I want you to say this to him. I wanna hear you more. I wanna commune with you more, Holy Spirit. So I wanna challenge you to ask God as we sing here, talk with God about the idea of having an ongoing conversation. Tell God what truths you most need to hear from him regularly. Ask him lots of questions. I was talking to one friend the other day and we were going for lunch and, and I just asked him, how's your time in the word? You know, do you, do, you, do you read your Bible? And he's like, yeah, no, I've been starting to read my Bible. It's been really good. And I said, can I ask you maybe a strange question? When you read the Bible, do you talk to him? Like, are you, do you stop and worship him for a truth or go ask him questions about how, you want, how he wants you to live this out with him? And he's like, no. And I was like, what if you started to do that? Because how else are you gonna like get a discipline of hearing from and interacting with God? He's like, I don't know, fine, but I can, I'll do it. But this is what I'm saying is I'm saying, um, we need this. Ask God to show you circumstances and places in which this conversation with him might occur most easily. Maybe that's gardening, exercising, going for hikes, cleaning the house. Ask him, you ask him. Ask him where he wants to have most of those conversations and expect he's gonna answer you. And he'll most likely answer you through his word. I know you guys are like, we're serious, we're serious. Yes, Tim, okay, <laughs> serious. Um, I wanna ask you to take a risk and with faith, listen, and sincerity, like faith and prayer and expect God to answer, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you the gifts he's given you. 
Like, I want you to pray, Holy Spirit, will you show me the gifts you've given me in this series? We're not gonna take any tests. You'll hear from the Holy Spirit as we connect the dots and unpack them. But I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, will you show me in this series where I can use them to glorify you? Where can I experience them to glorify you and build others up? And then, and then, and then, okay, I wanna, I wanna beg you. So I'm gonna beg you. I wanna beg you. This Thursday, we are taking a day of fasting and prayer, and then we're having a night of worship at the hub. So I wanna beg you to fast this week. If Thursday doesn't work for you, find a day and and I want you to fast for this, fast for his power to hear from more of the Holy Spirit, to get more of Jesus in your life. And I want you to spend an extra long amount of time that day in the Bible to hear from God, to hear from him and to pray and fast. And then if you can join us at seven for a night of worship, will you ask God to do that? Like, let's not go into this series with just the info. Like, let's ask him to show us the spiritual gifts he's given us to glorify him and where we can experience them. And I want you to begin a conversation with God that doesn't stop like that. Because you're gonna need it. Some of you are gonna have spiritual gifts where you're gonna need to know if God gives you a picture, you're gonna need to pray. You're gonna need to ask him, Holy Spirit, why are you showing me this? Is this for someone now? Is this for... I know we're going over time, so let me, let me end with this last sentence. Here's my vision for this, okay? Here's my, here's my hope. I'm gonna skip an analogy. I'll use it next week. But here's my hope for us. And you're gonna talk about this in your community groups. And I wanna hear from you. By the way, I don't, like, I'm not an expert in this. I'm new to some of these spiritual gifts. So I wanna hear from you. I wanna learn from you. I wanna be the body of Christ. But here's our vision. I want us to pray about. I'll put it on the screen. I want to be, and here's on the screen, a local church, and I borrow this, but I, I want to be a local church in the 21st century that is committed to the centrality and functional authority of the Bible and to the effect Christ-exalting operation of all spiritual gifts. What if you went to a church that was like the ones we read in the Bible, where there are men and women who are intellectually exhilarated by complex biblical truths, yet unafraid to give public expression to deep emotional delight and heartfelt affection for Jesus. Next one, I'm talking about a theologically sophisticated followers of Christ who are open to and hungry for the present tense voice of the spirit while always subject to the functional and final authority of the written text of scripture. What would it look like to be a community of born again followers of Jesus who are gospel centered, who maintain a high view of the sovereignty of God and salvation and who are intolerant of manipulative ex excess and self-serving fanaticism, yet who also delight in speaking in tongues, praying for the sick, and prophesying to the edification, encouragement, and consolation of other believers.